Good evening, Crime Talk aficionados. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for watching. It is already Tuesday night, and here we are for our regular Tuesday night show. We start every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Thanks for joining us. So you're probably sitting here, if you haven't tuned in before, saying, why should I listen to this guy? Well, I've been practicing law for all going on 28 years here in uh, basically January, February timeframe. I've done criminal defense the entire time. I've handled these types of cases over the years. So although sometimes there's little nuances to each and every case, you can generally predict what's going to happen just simply by the sheer number of cases that I've handled over the years. And so, yes, I do know uh, what I am talking about. And um, I don't think I've got that many uh, cases wrong or procedurally wrong over the years, but hey, we can all make mistakes. And if we do, guess what? I will uh, call it out. So it is Tuesday night. What do you all want to talk about? Well, let me tell you what I would like to talk about. Tell me in the comment section what you would like to talk about. Now, it's scrolling and the uh, comments go by rather quickly. However, not that we're begging for them because we don't need the money. But if you want to use the super chat, it does highlight. Don't get ridiculous. You know, we've had people, I think, spend up to 100 bucks, super $500 maybe on a super chat. Not necessary to do that. But if you really want your question answered, uh, do a do a uh, a super chat, okay? Because it'll get highlighted. Look, we got Karen from Australia, uh, Pamela. She's always there saying hi. Lula, thanks everybody. Appreciate that. And so after we do our live show tonight, then we'll do our Patreon show, where the little twist we have for our Patreon show is that you get to call in. We've done that I think once or twice on our regular show. It's gone well, but um, you know it's it. it you just never know what anybody's going to say, so we'll save that for our, our Patreon show. And you never know who's going to call in our Patreon show, that's for sure. But always great questions, that's for sure. Yeah, we got the Waukesha uh, Circus going on up there. I told you it was going to be a circus. Uh, but, you know, at least he's not being thrown out of the courtroom, I guess, at this point. You know, that was the, the guy that ran through the parade, Mr. Brooks. But uh, the one I want to talk to tonight is something that hasn't got a whole lot of press because it just came out, and that is the response to the motion to continue that was filed by Chad Daybell's attorney, Mr. Pryor. And I think the best thing to do is for me just to kind of read this. Now, when you're listening to this, Ask yourself, if I take out the words, the state of Idaho, and plug in the words, the defense, tell me if you could tell a difference, okay? Just, just saying, think about it. So here it is. This is the state's response to the defendant's motion to continue. Uh, it looks like it was officially filed on October 6th, so that was about five days ago, and it just showed up this morning. Because you all are not entitled to the news. We are not entitled to it on a, as it happens basis, it has to go through the Idaho court system uh, website after somebody says, yes, I think this, this motion is not subject to being sealed. And therefore, um, you know, it's not too, too sensitive that uh, the public can't handle it. Uh, it's going to be too scary for the public to know what's going on. So apparently Judge Boyce has authorized this response to be published. So like I said, substitute the state of Idaho and put in the defendant and tell me if, you know, if you can really tell a difference. The state of Idaho, by and through the Fremont County Prosecutor's Office, files the following response to defendant's motion to continue based upon the following. The court has repeatedly held defendant Daybell and defendants Vallow Daybell are properly joined for trial and denied an early request from the defendant Daybell to sever all cases. As noted in the arguments, when co-defendants are charged in the same indictments, and particularly with the crime of conspiracy, joint trials are preferred, and then they cite 
um, see state's objection and memoranda in response to defendant's motion to sever filed on February 24, 2022. Further, any delay attributable to one defendant is also charged to all co-defendants. And then they cite a Second Circuit uh, case uh, from the uh, federal courts. Uh, defendant, coincidentally, not an Idaho store, state case because apparently Idaho hasn't had that many multi-co-defendant conspiracy cases where uh, statute of limitation or speedy trial issues have come into play. Defendant Daybell notes this analysis with regard to delays and speedy trial assertions with co-defendants cases. See defendant's motion to continue. In this situation, both defendants are seeking delay of the trial, albeit for different reasons. We'll talk about that. The request for a stay filed in the co-defendant Valo Daybell's case, CR 22-21-1624, coincides with the request to continue by defendant Daybell. The state recognizes a stay is necessary for defendant Valo Daybell based upon statutory restrictions and guidance from the Supreme Court. A temporary stay to effectuate the guidelines of the controlling statute presents a host of reasons which will cause review of the issue to take some time, making a trial date in January impractical for defendant Valo de Bell. A stay limits any potential appellate issues with respect to defendant Valo de Bell. Similarly, the state recognizes a continuance for co-defendant de Bell keeps the cases as one for trial. Limits potential appellate issues regarding ineffective assistance of counsel, provides the parties with additional time to complete and review outstanding discovery on a few remaining matters, and allows more time to resolve pending pretrial motions and evidentiary issues. Given the court's recent order vacating the January trial date in the co-defendant's case, the state would request vacating the jury trial date in Mr. Daybell's case as well. The state would, would oppose any improper severance. The state would request both matters be stayed pending a status conference to be scheduled in January based upon the following. The court has determined that the defendants are properly joined for trial. A stay is necessary for defendant Valo Daybell. Defendant Daybell has previously waived speedy trial and is now requesting a continuance. Defendant Daybell has requested his case be continued with a new trial date to be selected in January. See defendant's motion to continue. The state believes if both matters are temporarily stayed, it will avoid relitigation of the same issues. The state would request we wait to select a new trial date until both defendants are in a position to have input in the selection of the trial date. The state would agree with the defendant Daybell's position. We wait to select a new trial date in January, so long as both defendants are in a position to select the trial date at that time. However, the state would suggest the court consider setting a trial to begin in September of 2023 to allow Madison and Fremont counties to split the costs involved in the trial and change a venue across two fiscal years. The state believes the court can find good cause to continue the trial date for both defendants, given the complicated statutory issues with the defendant Valos de Bell. The joinder of these defendants in a single indictment, the courts having vacated the trial date in the co-defendant's case, defendant Daybell's previous waiver speeded trial, the current request by the defense for a continuance, and the complexities and costs involved in moving the trial to Ada County. Whew! Is that a mouthful or what? But the issue is, my God, who is seeking the continuance? That motion had more reasons to continue the trial than um, Chad DeBell's uh, motion to continue. And he only wanted to continue to do mitigation. He said he was ready if he took the the um, death penalty off the table. But obviously the state's not going to do that. But what have we said? And what are the one of the 12 undeniable truths, according to a criminal defense attorney? It's always about the money. And what does this really come down to? Bam, last paragraph in here. Uh, the state would want to see and do this in January to see a new trial date. Um, and the state would suggest the court consider setting a trial date to begin in September of 2023 
to allow Madison and Fremont counties to split the costs involved in the trial and change of venue across the two fiscal years. For the love of, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is why, ladies and gentlemen, it's so important that the court case files be open to the public. The prosecutors don't want to go try this case. It's always about the money. They should be jumping up and down. The prosecutors, they being the prosecutors, the prosecutors should be jumping up and down saying, you know what, judge? Um, we'll take our chances on ineffective assistance to counsel on appeal because we don't think so. Yeah, Mr. Pryor's been around a long time. He can present a case. The fact that he wants to uh, maybe get somebody else on the case, but probably doesn't have the resources or experience of where we're going to find. He's had two years to figure this out, right? And now all of a sudden, here he is three months from trial. Ooh, judge, I think I may need another attorney. Yeah, you didn't need another attorney. The prosecution should be saying, no, judge, we are ready to go. We are ready to try this case. You tell us where and when, and we'll be ready. And what are they worried about? Well, judge, if you could continue this, I know we had this other date and it'd be in October, but if you really could just maybe, I don't know, continue to October or, you know, for the fiscal year, that'd be great. That'd be great. They don't want to go try this case because they don't have the money. They want to, they're trying to budget this. We are talking the death of three people in Idaho, two of which are children. And the prosecutors are more worried about the money than they are doing justice. I have told this story many, many a time. Okay. When I was a young lad in the United States Marine Corps, young prosecutor, and it was like, hey, Colonel, why are we spending all this money? It seems kind of inefficient to fly all these people back here to South Carolina when they've scattered all over the world. And the Colonel said to me, there's always money for justice. Well, apparently only if it comes in the appropriate fiscal year according to the Madison and Fremont counties, that I cannot believe that they would actually state in their motion, well, judge, you know, maybe begin in September. That would allow us to split it up. Really? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They came up with every reason to continue this case. Yes, these cases need to be together. But he said that based upon some pretty not great motions that Mr. Pryor filed, basically said, hey, we want severance. I agree. The judge said that's not sufficient. However, based upon his last filings, which is, judge, we have inconsistent theory of defenses here. Mr. Pryor stated in his motion for severance, judge, we're pretty much going to be pointing the fingers because she did it. She and her brother, Alex Cox, did it. We had no idea. That's inconsistent theory of defenses. Having, you know, basically the table pointed at each other, right? Lori Vallow, she's being comped again. Last time she made the trip up to the state hospital, it took 10 months to restore her to competency, okay? And that's just to have a general appreciation for what's going on and be able to assist in your defense. Mr. Archibald, Lori Vallow's attorney, said at some point, way back at one of the first hearings, I think it was the arraignment date, said that her um, mental state was very fragile, et cetera. So uh, you kind of expected it to come. The fact that it took so long was a little uh, surprising to me. Hey, it is what it is. And uh, so here we are. So the real question now becomes, what are they going to do, right? Um you can't hold Chad Day Bell's um, speedy trial uh, in abeyance forever. What if Lori Ballow never gets restored to competency? You can't just keep him there pending trial, right? Use your common sense. If it took 10 months, we're going to wait another 10 months for this. You know, what if, 
What if there's some other big case that comes to Fremont and Madison County and they don't have the money again? Um, you know, that's the cost of doing business, right? <laughs> that is what you do when you set up your state and you set up a judicial system, right? The judicial system, uh, that's the cost of doing business, setting up prisons, a court system, the sheriffs. That's the cost of doing business of any sovereign, any state. It's just going to be expensive. You got to find the money. You don't, I, I've never heard anybody, nor do I don't think, only thing I've ever heard is like, hey, judge, we really need to make a determination because we're flying witnesses in from out of state. And we need to know if we need to buy refundable or non-refundable tickets. That's the most I've ever heard a district attorney say. But if they were going to trial, they never got up there and said, oh, we're going to, we don't want to do this trial, Judge, because it's really expensive. The fiscal year hasn't come around yet. We don't have our pot of money to choose from. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. So, like I said, at the beginning of this motion, you substitute the words, the state of Idaho, referring to the prosecutors, and plug in the defendant. You couldn't tell probably whose motion this was unless until you get to the bottom where they say, oh, by the way, it's expensive. But guess what? Chad DeBell kind of said that too in his motion to continue because he needs to find a co-counsel that's qualified for a death penalty case where he's probably not going to get paid. I don't know. Let me know. Uh, put put your uh, questions here, and we'll try to answer as many of them in the in the chat as well. I mean, I'm just I'm flabbergasted. You want to see in a multi co defendant case the best way to have the cases tumble, so to speak. You go to trial on one if you're the prosecutor, and you win. And you win, then everybody's going to say, oh, man, he went down. Oh, what do you think would be the greatest motivator for Lori Vallow? If she's competent, she understands what's going on. Is that her beau, her boyfriend or husband, whatever they really are, guess what? Yeah, he went down, crashed and burned, wasn't pretty. All of a sudden, she's coming up on a trial date. And oh, my gosh, maybe Chad got the ultimate penalty, right? The death penalty. What do you think her motivation is to try and cut a deal at that point? Yeah, pretty darn high, right? But the prosecutor's saying, yeah, we don't, we're not ready to go. I mean, what they're really saying is we're not ready to go either, Judge. I mean, in Pryor's motion, Mr. Pryor's motion, he's stating that there's still discovery, there's still DNA testing going on three months before trial. And oh, by the way, the supposed to have their independent expert there to evaluate this stuff and do everything. And have they? No, who knows? But as you can see, and some people are like, Scott, why do you get so upset? What's going on? You know, it's no big deal that you can trust the government, everything that they do. Uh, I'm sure Judge Boyce and the prosecutors are looking out for the public because they represent the people of the state of Idaho. And the judge was appointed to, you know, as, as a judge in the state of Idaho, he's going to be looking out for the people of the state of Idaho. And they're going to make sure that we know this information and what's going on. Um, they're looking out for their own best interests. It's really expensive, judge. Really expensive. Do we tell you how expensive it's going to be? Every time they've talked about moving the case. Remember when the case was going to move from Fremont or Madison County up to Ada County and they wanted to seat the jury up in Ada County and then transport them down because that'd be less expensive because the cost of moving the staff and the sheriff and housing and all that stuff, the lodging for the court personnel staff, it gets expensive. I get that just as is expensive. We've heard him made that argument, but here, so blatant. Well, Judge, if you could just spread it out. I don't think when the court is making its consideration as to when the trial date should be set, the only thing that should be implicated is speedy trial rights. Was there a waiver? Uh, and if it's a tolling for how long as it relates to Chad Bell? 
right? If Lori Vallow is incompetent, I get it. Stays all the proceedings as to Lori Vallow. But you can't keep somebody in the gallows for the next 10 months waiting to get her restored. And then the attorneys are going to need time to prepare for her to get. So we're talking more time. We're talking it could be, according to this schedule, even what the prosecutors want, assuming everybody's competent to proceed, they're looking at September, October time frame. Are they going to be ready? I don't know. I don't have any confidence that anybody will ever be ready to go try this case anytime soon. And I mean the defense, the prosecution, Chad Daybell's team, Lori Vallow's team. And, you know, there's a little hearing coming up on October 13th, on Thursday. And I'm trying to see, I kind of, it's on my calendar. I'm trying to see if I can do it. It's like 9 a.m. But I'm thinking if I head out Wednesday night, fly over there and sit there and see what the heck is going on to see, kind of get a flavor of what's going on. But what really should be taking place is that Judge Boyce needs to look at Mr. Pryor there and say, Mr. Pryor, the man who's been on this case for two and a half, three years now, from the very beginning, I see in your motion to continue you seeking co-counsel. What's the status of that? Not to pry into your attorney-client relationship, but are you going to come back here in another six months and say, hey, judge, I need to move to withdraw. I can't work for free. Uh, that's a problem. That's a problem. And then we have to start all over again to get, you know, qualified counsel. So the court needs to put out some ground rules that says, hey, Mr. Pryor, uh, if you are going to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Want to get off this case? You better do it and do it now um, while we've got this lull in the action. <sighs> anyway, so that's the thing that I saw today that just really, really got me fired up. I, I just don't know. I don't have any trust and confidence that anybody is going to be ready to go on this particular case. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. Normally, like I said, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm just a little flabbergasted. Uh, you know, when the prosecution returns that indictment and they go arrest somebody and they turn somebody's world upside down, and I'm not just talking to Lori Vallow, Chad Day Bell case, the prosecutors are saying at that point, we are ready to proceed. And we will be ready to go within six months from the date of that indictment being returned because that's the speedy trial there in Idaho. It's even less time in federal court. Somebody remains in custody in federal court, 70 days. Now you can seek ends of justice continuances and speedy trial gets told if motions are pending, but that resumes again once they've all been resolved. There's, there's exceptions to everything because complex cases require complex times. But ladies and gentlemen, this is not that complex of a case. It really isn't. And the only thing that's complicating this is the whole death penalty thing. And as I've said before, I'm a little surprised by the lack of death penalty litigation that's taking place. Maybe it's all being filed and being held under seal. But I kind of doubt it at this point when... Mr. Pryor's stating in his motions that he's just really kind of getting up to speed on whole this death penalty litigation stuff uh, and mitigation issues that he oh, finds out that he has to do all this stuff. Um, little concerning, little concerning. And then we got the prosecutor saying, well, you know, we'd really rather do this in September. You know, the whole fiscal year ends and we can spread it out over this time period. It would really just help uh, the accounting uh, people over there at the um, county commissioner's office, judge. Yeah, not, not something I think the judge should put in its findings and facts and conclusions of law when he grants the, when he grants the motion to continue. Because let's face it, it's going to be granted. Why is it going to be granted? Well, the prosecution's not objecting to it. 
I can't think of a single motion that the judge has granted in favor of the defense in this particular case. Everything the prosecution wants, they have received. I still think there's issues. I think there's, I think the mistakes have been made, but hey, we'll leave that to much smarter people, i.e., the appellate attorneys. But the fact that Judge Boyce, I mean, at some point, this whole speedy trial thing, it's going to get ugly, right? Yes, Chad Daybell waived speedy trial early on, but it, but it's not a continuous waiver. You usually, you know, you repeat it. It doesn't indefinitely, oh, I waive speedy trial. Oh, come, come get me another 10 years. I'm comfortable, right? No, it doesn't work that way. Lori Vallow goes off to the mental institution, comes back 10 months later. She says, I'm not waiving my speedy trial rights. I want to have my trial within six months. The court says, nah, that's okay. We'll set it beyond your speedy trial date. Don't worry. It's only a couple months. No harm, no foul, right? Guess what? Now, of course, there's an issue because speedy trial hasn't run, but it hasn't been a trial date set. It's told now, but what if it gets out? And I mean, this has got speedy trial mess written all over it, in my humble opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's one thing you don't mess with, and that is speedy trial. Do you see that many cases dismissed on speedy trial grounds? No, no. Why? Because you don't mess with speedy trial, okay? And if somebody's not willing to waive speedy trial, you don't say, ah, we'll just set it out beyond the speedy trial date. Now, wouldn't that be ironic if this thing finally gets to trial? Somebody says, yeah, judge, we... Yeah, we moved to dismiss, you know, once she comes back and starts ticking again, it's told now. But yeah, judge, you set this beyond her speedy trial date. Sorry about that. Case dismissed. Maybe the court's not going to grant that motion. What if the appellate court say, yeah, the judge got it wrong? I mean, they're going to have to do some legal gymnastics to try and, um, you know, come up with, with uh, you know, something there. You know, who knows? Who knows? Um, I just... And I'm sure people could probably take a look at some of my cases over the years and say, what a cluster bleep. Uh, <laughs> what What is going on procedurally here? Why is this? And it was all some coordinated mess, so to speak, right? But, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I can't, I just can't think of one like, this is a mess. This is a mess. And so... Thursday, there's a hearing at 9 a.m. I'm assuming it's still going. Before I hop into Crime Talk 1, I'm probably going to uh, confirm that. But I think I'd like to be there bright and early in St. Was it St. Anthony's, Idaho, I think is where the address was uh, for the hearing. Let's go back there. Yes, St. Anthony, Idaho. That's the Fremont County Courthouse, which appears to be just north of Rexburg. And I think you got to fly into the um, Idaho Falls Regional Airport to uh, get there. And then it's like about, it looks like at least probably 45 minute drive. Probably makes sense just to go in the night before, get a room. I guess I'd probably see if there's hotels there that I could stay in. I didn't think about that, did we, Frank? No. Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll figure out. Cause that's, that's when Lori Hellis's motions regarding unsealing the sealed proceedings in the Lori Valley Chad day bell case, which I fully support. And as you can see, we have learned more when something's actually out there. Can you imagine what we don't know? Because it's too sensitive. The members of the public are, just too stupid to uh deal with this type of stuff uh yeah so i think it should happen i mean imagine if the motion continued response the government say ah, we, we had no objection your judge but they put in there oh by the way you know just judge you know while you're giving us while you're giving us everything that we want could we do it sometime in september you know fiscal year and all we could spread this out over two fiscal periods, just saying judge. I mean, certainly you wouldn't want to consider that as a reason, but if you were, you know, come on, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, judge, come on.
Really? That's disgusting. I really, it is. I just don't know why they just say, you know what, judge, we're ready. We'll take our chances if we have to do this again in a couple of years on ineffective assistance of counsel. Uh, but we're ready to go. Let's go January 9th. Let's start that date. Let's do this thing. I do not understand why prosecution has uh, uh, sought every, every continuance uh, and not objected to a single one in this particular case whatsoever. Dana Camacho says, so they can put, so they can put a dollar amount on these children's lives. They killed those children and they knew what they were doing or shouldn't have lied. Well, apparently it's the prosecution that's putting a price on the children. And apparently what it really comes down to is they're willing to pay the price. We just like to spread it over the course of a, cusp, a couple of fiscal periods. That's, that's classy. Um, so what can be done about that, if anything? Probably not. Um, I don't know. Oh, there's a Hilton in Rexburg. I'll have to look that up. I'll go check that out. I can look at my little Bon Voyage or whatever it is, my Hilton app, uh, so to speak, and find me something there. Uh, I think the weather's supposed to be decent. And uh, it'd be good to kind of walk in, lay, get a lay of the land, see who the players are, get a sense. You know, you, you, it's different when you're in person and you can actually see people, how they hold themselves, conduct themselves. Like, is this guy someone to be reckoned with? Or, you know, does he have, you know, you shake their hand, they got the little noodle arm limpy handshake, or they shake like, you know, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to go get the lay of the land. Uh, I think we're going to have to do, I think we're going to have to do this. I think we're going to just have to do this and I'll make arrangements so that uh, I can cover one of my other matters. I think, um, I think that's what we're going to have to do. I don't know. Let me know in the comments if you think we should go attend the hearing, assuming it's still going to go. Uh, let's see here. Kelly B., Chad and Lori were supposed to be protecting those kids. Instead, Chad was asking Melanie Gibbs to lie to the police and say that she had JJ. I don't care if Chad points a finger at Lori. He is just as guilty. Oh, Jen Lowe, best mod out there. Please be respectful of each other's opinions. Thank you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we don't, we're not a big, we're not here to censor people, right? If this is not a, you must agree with Scott or, or go home kind of thing. Absolutely not. We can agree to disagree. Just, let's just do it politely. That's all. Um, bottom line, which kind of brings me to what we mentioned in the video that we put out today. One of the things that it's somewhat ironic, and that is, isn't it ironic that the people, the defendants in most criminal cases, usually have no respect for the law, usually completely violate and disrespect it, right? But then when the law comes after them, they want to play by all the rules. Um, do you ever notice how that is? Don't you find that just a little, little ironic? The people that the rules didn't apply to them suddenly want all the rules to apply. Um, daddy's girl says, please go and report back to us. I think if we go out there, I think we could just, I don't know. I, maybe I just go, you know, Frank has responsibilities. I don't know. We'd have to spend the night. You know, he's got responsibilities back here with, uh, his wife and his lovely children. She, you know, I already think that she, I mean, I, she's a lovely lady. But I, she probably thinks maybe I just worry about it that I keep you too late on I keep you too late on Tuesday nights. Maybe maybe Frank, that's just her way of saying, "No, stay late." See, you know. <laughs> but with three children, I think that uh, she probably wants you home sooner than than uh, than we we get you there. But I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. If not, we can go there by my, I can fly there by myself. Uh, get it? We can just uh, stream it. I can be outside, walk outside. And, oh, that's the other thing the judge did today. There were several requests to, you know, obviously stream the proceedings. 
even though we knew that wasn't going to be done, it was the order denying the media request. And um, I can't see who actually made this request, but it was denied. Denied. Uh, because the judge made his decision, he's not going to back down. You know, he's not going to change his mind. But I think, you know, although there's really no recourse, uh, I think it's good that the media continues to request that the, um, okay, so the East Idaho News, Nate Eaton did this, and this may be getting to set it up for litigation that they're, you know, he's just denying these requests and um, administrative rules hereby orders that permission to photograph the hearing is denied. Uh, sincerely, Judge Boyce. But Nate Eaton, the uh, reporter there at the East Idaho News, who does a great job. And, um, you know, maybe they can keep making those requests. Maybe they're going to use that to set up some sort of litigation, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Nancy wants to know, Scott, can an Idaho citizen file a class action to get the courts butt in gear? You, you can file anything you want. You can um, sue anybody you want, but your chances of success, that's really where it matters. And no, there's no remedy. Your only remedy is to vote out the uh, prosecutors. I don't know when they're up for uh, election, uh, but that's when it would be. Uh, living on love. Oh, my God. You're famous in my house. I wanted to say hi. It's comforting not feeling like you're losing brain cells when you talk. You truly are amazing. Well, thank you, Living on Love. Appreciate that. Um, not famous, just little old me. Just little harmless little fuzzball. Um, just trying to hopefully educate some people on the court system and being able to explain what the heck is going on in some of these um, system, you know, the court system, because I, I think it doesn't get the, uh, let's see here if I can, that one's not going on. That I can pull it up here, but this is from uh, difficult research. Boys can charge to stream trials, pay-per-view, and that takes care of that. We want these uh, efforts be held accountable so we can bury our babies. Difficult research. Thank you for the super chat. Well said indeed. I get it. That's there you go. There you go. Madison and Fremont County live stream. What's they they pay per view, cover the cost of litigation. There you go. Uh brilliant, brilliant idea. Um I'm all in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um the judge also said January too far trial, uh, and he is strong on his no media. Isn't that funny? What about justice? Jeannie Anderson. Um, I agree. I agree. Why are these clicking so quickly? Lion Swimmer. They thought they were justified to free themselves and collecting dollars to keep on. Once Charles Insurance was a no-go, Lori had to go get Tylee's Social Security payments. Well, certainly theories of the prosecution, certainly theories of the prosecution. Um, yeah, when Charles Valley was determined, they figured out that he had changed his life insurance policy. Ooh, don't you hate it when those plans don't quite come together like that? And I believe it was a million dollar policy. They had changed it to. Um, was it? the grandparents or was it they changed the benefit of the children to JJ I do believe so yeah it's uh, it's just I don't know yeah but seriously we, we let's let's live stream it pay-per-view um that'd be good I'd pay for those rights maybe I could we could stream it here on crime talk put it up you betcha all right so that's that was the big news right the big news today was that uh the prosecution uh, agreed uh, that, uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and continue the trial. All right. So I don't want to, you know, beat that dead horse there. There's lots of other things we can talk about, certainly. Uh, but, oh, he, ch he changed it to his sister, Kay. That's right. 
that's right. I knew it was somebody. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Charles, he's a hero. Nothing. Charles, nothing. Like a slap on Lori's face. Yeah, and so Lori Vallow, think about this. Lori Vallow, I mean, not competent. Again, right? Apparently being evaluated. Now, I take Mr. Archibald at his word as an officer of the court that there must be some good faith basis for that motion. I'll take him at his word for that. You know, and we've done that. We're like, oh, geez. And I say we, you know, my practice, my attorneys in the office here, where it's like, judge, I hate to do this, but I got to re-raise this issue. You know, like, I just don't know what else to do, but I, I, I can't communicate with my client. <laughs> He's talking about, you know, crazy nonsense. I'm trying to focus on a particular day in question. And so it's just uh, an interesting situation. So I get it. So I take him at his word. So the question then becomes, how long is it going to take? Um, I think she was being held at the Madison County Jail at one point, if I recall correctly. And um, I was going to check this, but I forgot because I got busy. Let's see here. Let's take a look at the Madison... I don't think that's the same Madison, Idaho. Let's take a look. Madison County, Rexburg, Idaho. Let's see if we can find her. Looking for an inmate at this facility? Let's just type her in under Vallow and see if she's there. Just take a quick look. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Let's look at Daybell. Let's see what comes up here. Nope. Nope, let's try the uh, county jail, Idaho, inmate search. Let's take a look there. There it is. Let's take one double check here to see if uh, she's been moved, right? Because that's... That is... Um, Usually a good indicator if somebody's not in the facility that they've been obviously moved. And here we know that she didn't, not like she's going home. It's not like she posted a bond. Uh, but apparently it is frozen up. Hmm. Maybe everybody's doing it as we speak right now. <laughs> All right, let's see. You got a super chat here. Hello from New Zealand. This is from Pencil Art. Lover Channel. How do I access court documents for cases I follow? I have a Pacer account. Don't know if that's the right one. Pacer account works for the federal system. Unfortunately, you still have to pay for it. Once you set up an account, you have to pay for the downloads. Each state usually has their own system that you can access. Sometimes they put the pleadings up on a, you know, cases of interest. Colorado, for example, has a Colorado cases of interest. They have it broken down per county. Uh, Idaho has something very similar as well, where you can look at the motions. But the problem with this particular situation is that they are usually several days, if not weeks behind, because according to the judge in Idaho, we're all too stupid. We can't handle these complex legal issues, these sensitive issues. We're not familiar with these big city ways. Um, yeah, so that's the little thing that's been frustrating. Hopefully there'll be some relief granted, but I not expecting any, I'm not expecting any general rule of thumb, ladies and gentlemen, district court judges, the trial court level judges, once they rule rarely, 
if ever, change their mind on a ruling. Why? Because that would make them look like they got it wrong. They're wishy-washy, and they're not going to do that. Their courtroom, they're controlling it. How dare you make me ask me to change my mind? A good judge will say, you know what? I've, I, I was wrong. I've had good judges say, great judges say, you know what? I should have taken a moment. I'm, I overreacted. Um, I'm going to change, you know, my, my ruling, or I looked at the case law that, you know, the defense or prosecution cited, and it turns out I was wrong. Thank you for uh, applying that. Some judges will hold on to the bitter end. Frankly, it's not much different than a, um, defendant knowing that the total gig is up you're going down you're going down hard and you know they maintain their innocence like other than the dna the confession uh the three eyewitnesses and the videotape they've got nothing we're going to trial and they're in but i'm innocent i'm innocent i didn't do it like really look at the video the dna the witnesses testified Really? Come on. And that's the way judges are sometime as well. Um, so, yeah. It's just the way it is. And since this is live, I'm going to have to break in for a quick public service announcement. Hey, Frank, your food has arrived. It's at the door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Just got to, you know, I keep Frank late. At least I can do is feed the man. Got to feed the man. Uh, let's say here, let's see here. Difficulty. I totally agree. Unfortunately, that can't happen. Uh, Linda wants difficult research. I totally agree. Move this out of state and take it somewhere where it'll be out of their hands. I'm so sorry for the family. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. It would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? But yeah, not going to happen. Uh, da -da -da. So, yeah, let's go here. A couple more questions. Let's see here. Uh, difficult research. I did start a petition weeks ago for cameras in the courtroom. I'll be at the trial the entire time if, if they ever happen. Difficult research. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't know what, you know, oftentimes when I have a client interview, and I would say often, I, I literally say, Nearly every time I have a kind of my initial meeting with the client or after maybe we reviewed the discovery together, I was like, all right, here's, here's what they're charging with. You've seen the evidence, at least what we believe so far. What is your goal? Right. Is the state of Idaho's goal to impose the ultimate punishment in this case? Is that really it? Or is it get them to, you know, spend the rest of their life in prison. What is their goal, right? Obviously, the defense goal is probably, well, we didn't do anything wrong. We'd like to go home. We all know that's not going to happen. But the prosecution, I mean, it seems like they're the ones at this point that could really wrap this up and say, you know what? Hey, we'll take death off the table. You admit what you did and, you know, you spend the rest of your life in prison. Uh, you should be happy with that, right? Now, reality, he's 40, Chad Daybell's what, 50 years old, 51, something like that, maybe even older, 53. If he gets convicted, if we ever go to trial, if it ever gets to the death penalty phase, it's going to be another 20 years. The guy's never going to, you know, probably be put to death anyway. And if the county is worried about expense now, like, you know, what do they say? I think on average, it's like $30 million for a death penalty case over the course of the time for all the experts and the attorneys and the transcripts. And, you know, and at a certain point, it won't come out of the Madison and Fremont County's budgets because we all know how important those are. And I get it. Limited resources. I get it. You have to take, you have to prioritize, right? <laughs> It's not like they're the federal government where they can just print money, right? They just can't create it. Oh, we need another $60 billion. Let's hear $60 billion. States aren't like that. They actually have to take it from somebody, i.e. the people of Madison and Fremont counties. And they may say, hey, you know, these are bad dudes, but 
you know, really an extra, an extra $30 million in property. To, you know, that's a lot of money over the years. Maybe it's not that important. So maybe the only way you get, you know, move this case along is, and I don't know when the uh, prosecutors are up for reelection, but maybe, 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 maybe um, that's what you have to do to move this along. All right. Alexis Stout is trying to post something. Let's see. Uh, crime talk. Uh, my brother was a Marine stationed in Japan. He was 19 and passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. It's been a year and we have no answer still. I was wondering if, if it is legal for them to not tell us. Uh, Alexis, I, it, you know, I, I think the military, all they really have to tell you is that somebody passed away. Um, they don't have to tell you how, why, under necessarily what circumstances, you know, oh, it was this, it was natural causes, etc. I, I, um, I think they could do a FOIA. You could do a FOIA request, uh, do a congressional inquiry, write your local congressman and say, Hey, I'd like to find out what the details are re regarding my family members, uh, death. So hopefully that answers your, your question there. Uh, but I'm not familiar with any particular statute off the top of my head that I could say, Hey, go do this. And you'd be able to find out something. So we'll see. Teresa, honestly, I don't think Rob Wood or Judge Boyce have any idea what they're uh, doing with a case of this magnitude. They should both recuse themselves and allow the grown-ups to take over. If it's about the money, which apparently it is, because we have that video up, the 12 undeniable truths of life from a criminal defense attorney. And yes, one of them is it's always about the money. And when they say it's not about the money, then you know it's always about the money. And the prosecutor here said it. Final paragraph of their motion, not objecting to Chad Daybell's continuance. Judge is really expensive. Have we mentioned how expensive this is? It's always about the money. Always, always, always. I, I just, a couple of simple rules, ladies and gentlemen. We've talked about them. There's two types of people in the world those that are humble and those that are about to be. And I guarantee you every, every single time I got a little too big for my britches. I'm not talking, you know, gaining a couple of pounds. The ego got a little too big. Guess what? Taking down to size, right? There's an easy way in life and there's a hard way. Most people always pick the hard way. And when they say it's about the money, when they say it's not about the money, it's about the money because it's always about the money. Just remember that. A couple, three little tidbits there. 12 undeniable truths from a criminal defense attorney. You should watch the video. I think it's actually pretty good. One of these days, I'm going to write a book about it. Uh, let's see here. Difficult research. I have a strong feeling that they're going to take death off the table. Just saying. Um. Changes in Charlie's niece and Tiny's cousin. Just saying, crush me by the way. And that may be the case, you know, and they would probably bounce it off the Woodcocks. They would probably, uh, that's something that they would have to comply with for like a Victims' Rights Act. Um, how about they get on with it so Tylee and JJ can be laid to rest? Can't disagree. And I don't know what to say about that. Um, obviously, unfortunately, the remains are evidence in the case. I'm sure, I'm assuming the prosecution has made arrangements or made an offer to say, hey, we'd like to re release the remains to the family so that uh, these uh, children can be buried. Uh, what's your position on, the, you know, releasing the remains? I don't know. Maybe the prosecutor hasn't sent that request out. I've had those requests over the years. And normally, if there's if you think there's an issue, you show up at the autopsy. You bring your doctor uh, to the autopsy. 99.9% .9 of the time, that doesn't going to happen. But in today's world, they video, they document by photograph 
the doctors taped copious notes. Uh, and in a case like this, the doctors are going to remember it. And here's the beautiful thing. When you're the attorney on the case and you got questions, at least where I practice, hey, doctor, you call up the corner. Hey, doctor, um, I'm the defense counsel on this case. You do the autopsy on this particular date. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they pull it up on their computer. Hey, I would like to get your notes. We'd like to do a sit down. And where I usually practice, doctors like, yeah, we can set up a time. Uh, how long do you think you need? Oh, I don't know. A couple hours. You know, and they usually give you the tour of the morgue and they're kind of, this is our facility. This is how high tech we are. And then you sit down and like, all right, here's the slides. And they walk through. This is what we did. Blah, 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 blah. You can ask questions. You're taking copious notes. If you got an expert that maybe can't be there, but you're you know, trying to maybe you consult with one to see what it is. And, you know, is there anything unusual? Sometimes the doctors, that's why I love the doctors. Most of the time, the doctors, medical examiners are like, this is what it is. And if they don't know, they don't know. If they know, or if they think they can opine within a reasonable degree of scientific certainty within the area of their expertise, they will give you an opinion. If they can say, no, I can't opine to that. I don't have enough information. I love that about doctors. You know, that's supposed to be, you know, kind of the whole stuff. Um, so, yeah. Mary wants to know, Scott. What happens to spousal privilege with Lori and Chad? There isn't one. Okay. So spousal privilege, right? It's like attorney client privilege, the priest penitent privilege. You know what you tell your priest remains with your priest. Uh, there's the spousal privilege it goes way back. Common law days. You know, if you come home from a long day out on the fields and you tell your wife, Oh, I just happened to steal this mule and uh, it's hidden at the farm, two houses down at the barn that they never use. The person who has the privilege is the person that said it. So the wife couldn't get on the stand unless the person consented to it. There's an exception to the uh, spousal privilege. First, you have to be married at the time, right? It doesn't apply to things that were said before you got married. But now you're saying, let's talk about it now that we got married and we won't be. Yeah. But it doesn't apply in, I think, every state that I'm aware of. Uh, if there's a case of like domestic violence, child abuse, death of the children, uh, racketeering, you know, those kinds of things. No spousal privilege uh, comes in. So that's not anything that anyone's going to have to worry about. Um doesn't exist. So let's say, for example, there were separate trials. Okay. Let's say Lori and Chad get separated. Lori Vallow um, is in a separate trial. Chad is on trial. He gets up and he testifies. Hypothetically, I'm not saying he's going to do this. And he's going to say kind of what his lawyer said. Lori did it. Well, how do you know that? Well, she told me. She told me. I, I was shocked. What went through your head? Oh, I was, oh my God. I just got to hang low. Because she's a dangerous woman. Everyone around her winds up dead. Why do you think I never argued Bond? I wasn't going to be out there. All those dark forces are going to get me. The Lori Vallow is going to come get me, right? I, I just think it's, I mean, obviously somebody told him, hey, dude, you're not getting out of custody. But I still think it was, he felt safer in custody when Lori Vallow was, was in custody. But uh, so he'd get up and say, yeah, Lori confessed to me, right? course there's hearsay issues but it's admission by a party opponent um those kinds of things so really what it boils down to bottom line is if it was admissible uh there's no lori couldn't say hey i'm asserting my spousal privilege you can't testify to that okay more classic example is a client's charged maybe the the you know, attorney is called as a witness and he says, I have to assert attorney client privilege. I, 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 I can be held in contempt, but I, I can't do it unless that client says, here is the, um, you know, here I agree to, you know, I waive attorney client privilege. Then, you know, that's, that's when the attorney could say what they knew or when they knew it, but not a moment sooner. So hopefully that answers your question, Mary. Um, 
Let's see here. Man, this moves so fast. These questions. Sally, this is why I love this because, I mean, Sally, I was a clerk, clerk in northern Idaho. I'm pretty sure the state of Idaho has a fund counties can apply for uh, to help to cover the cost of prosecuting difficult cases. I, I'm i not familiar with Idaho, but Sally is. And I wouldn't find that hard to believe. I've handled cases that have been out in rural Colorado, in my own experience. And the prosecutors, not only are there funds that can help prosecute those cases, but usually all I have to do is call up the attorney general and say, wow, you know what? We got a really tough case down here. We don't have, we have neither the resources nor the manpower to try this case properly. Would you mind sending one of your attorney generals down here to do that? Oh, you're going to pay for it too? Oh, you're going to bring all your experts? Perfect. Yeah, that's the way it's usually done. Uh, there's usually an agreement with smaller jurisdictions and the attorney general's office for this exact type of situation. This is not the first time a case like this has ever happened. Right. Everybody acts like they want to reinvent the wheel. On all these cases, right, it's no different than a defendant. They act like, you know, this is the first time they've ever seen a case such as this. You have to tell the client, no, you really think this fact scenario is something new? This has been happening for hundreds of years. Do you think that the police and the prosecutors have figured it out? Yes, they have. Like, but everybody acts like it's something new. And I just do not understand it. Um, but once again, it goes back to there's an easy way and there's a hard way. You don't get emotionally attached to cases. I don't know if the prosecutor's like, oh, I got to feel this case. You know, I got to get justice for Tylee and JJ. But if you don't have the resources to do it, call up the attorney general and say, take, take over this case. Just like Mr. Pryor, if he doesn't have the experience, the resources to properly defend this case, now is the time for him to get off so that he can uh, be removed and whether it's the public defender's office or court-appointed counsel, that they can be put uh, on this case and let's get this case rolling. It's all happened before, ladies and gentlemen. Everything throughout life, everything in the criminal justice system, it's all happened before, okay? Um, it's the only thing that changes are maybe a little bit of the technology, right? Go back, and I swear, if you ever go to an old, go to a law library, like you know, usually the state has a good law library, or you know, just find an old law book, pull that law book off the shelf, and you, you know, sometimes it's a little tough to get through the reading of it, but you read all the cases back, you know, early 1900s, mid 1900s, nothing's changed. It's murder. It's um, thefts, inappropriate sexual acts, whether it be against the opposite sex or children. There is nothing new, ladies and gentlemen. Sure, the means and the methods maybe change a little bit, but the crimes are all the same. You got conspiracies, you got crimes against persons, crimes against property, uh, you know, Violent crimes, it's all the same. You think any of this stuff has changed over the course of hundreds of years, thousands of years? No. Go back and look at the old laws, right? Same thing, like don't kill people, right? Don't do inappropriate things. Some countries are still, you know, hey, you got to do this. Ooh. Maybe we've updated the laws a little bit, made it a little easier to prosecute maybe, but it's all the same but they act like it's always something new. And I swear to God, they do it because some guy working in his little cubicle down there wants to get his little, you know, employee of the month. They change something just a little bit, just enough to change to say it's new. And they do that for a couple of years to realize, Hey, you know what? The old system worked just fine. 
Let's go back to doing that. And we'll give the little certificate of appreciation to the guy that said, let's go back to the old system. He rewrites all the manuals and rules. And there you have it. It's all the same, ladies and gentlemen. It never, ever really changes. Okie dokie. I heard Scott say they pay, but I think I'd have to pursue it, fill it out, and pray they accept my relationship well enough to qualify. Piss me off because I'm sorry. I thought that was something else, and I don't know what y'all are talking about there. Uh, 1029 watching and only 300. Dale. Yeah, exactly, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Over a thousand people, actually, a thousand seventy at this very moment watching, and only 363 likes. Really? Go ahead and hit that smash, smash that like button, please. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Share with your friends. Listen, there's lots of places you can go to watch stuff. But we're going to give it to you straight, right? We're, we're just going to give it to you straight. Um, and no disrespect, there's lots of experienced people out there. But I've done all of these serious type of cases. I'm, you know, I'm. Just saying, I think this is where you should come for your information. Don't be the only source, that's for sure. Check out other people, but then when you check back, see who is right at the end of the day. There's some been some people out there that have made a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of people made some pretty outlandish predictions, said some pretty outlandish things, over the years, it's always interesting to kind of I've watched them come and go. Um, and usually anything that rises that fast usually comes down just as quick. And it's always uh, interesting um, how that works out. So anyway, we appreciate you taking the time to watch Crime Talk. You know, we put out a daily show. We do our Tuesday Night Live. And guess what we're going to do here momentarily? That's right. For all our Patreon members, we're going to go to our Patreon show. So if you haven't become a Patreon, there's a link down there somewhere below. You click the link, you pay your nominal fee, and then you get all the perks of being a Patreon member, which is some cool stuff. And then we get our show where you can actually call in. There's less people, so if you have a question, we can make sure that uh, we answer that question as well and be part of our little Patreon family. That's for sure. Um, so I think we're going to go do that now. So please come join us. We'll obviously talk about Lori Vallow and answer any of the questions. And, oh, did I mention you can call in and talk to me? That's right. You can do that. So I want to thank everybody for watching. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Have a wonderful evening, not just a great evening, and we will see you next time on Crime Talk.